Teen Time Presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.hk. Teen Time Podcast On Demand. This is the Teen Time Science Blog. I'm Neil Chase. Mobile phones are getting more and more complex, and so are face recognition techniques used in security applications. And it's probably not long before the two get combined. One idea that some engineers have been working on is a face recognition program for cameras on mobile phones that would use the photos and data on sites like Facebook and Flickr, and then put a name to the face when you're taking a new picture of someone. Certainly, face recognition software is getting very advanced, and so this is a possible technology in the future. But it also raises many questions about privacy. If someone takes a picture of you without you knowing, then they could possibly find out who you are. Any phone app like this is still a long way from being developed, but once again, it shows how technology is moving faster than the traditional laws and rules that we have in society. There may be a lot of really clever scientists around the world, but nature is smarter still. For years, scientists have tried to replicate one of the most common things found in nature—a leaf on a tree—but have never quite achieved it. The process of turning carbon dioxide into oxygen with just the use of water is both simple and very complex. But now scientists at MIT in America seem to have made the first working artificial leaf that can do it cheaply. It doesn't look like the green thing found on trees, but is able to use water and sunlight to create oxygen and hydrogen, and not need any outside power to do so. Although this has been done before, the components were all very expensive, and so the potential for using the process in poor countries where it would be needed most would be impractical. At the moment, these new leaves are just laboratory models, but it is hoped to mass-produce them very cheaply in future, and by doing so, could be a great asset in the third world. The nuclear problems that the reactor affected by the tsunami in Japan will not be solved for many months, probably many years, and until then, workers will need to go into areas that will expose them to radioactivity. What Japanese authorities have apparently been considering is to take some bone marrow from workers who might be affected by radiation in future, and to keep that bone marrow in store in case the workers are exposed to heavy radiation later on. Then doctors could transfuse the healthy bone marrow cells into the body to help restore it back to health. The procedure is already used to help cancer patients whose bone marrow has been destroyed by high doses of chemotherapy or radiation treatment. Although it doesn't always work, and hopefully the bone marrow would never be needed anyway, at least this is one extra insurance measure worth considering. There have been many rockets launched over the more than 50 years of space travel. Many will launch satellites into orbit; others will go on missions of billions of miles into the unknown. But NASA has just said farewell to a very special space probe that has been chasing comets for the last 12 years. 
the spacecraft Stardust was launched in 1999 to travel to two comets, capture some of the dust from their tails, and then return the samples back to Earth. The spacecraft just dropped off the samples back into the Earth's orbit, where they were retrieved by NASA, and then the craft went out looking for other comets. But now it has run out of fuel, and so for one final mission, the controllers back on Earth sent it whizzing out into deep space. It won't be able to report back to Earth, but hopefully one day some alien race might find it and then come and find us. There is rarely much to celebrate regarding conservation these days, but there was some good news from India recently, where officials there said the number of endangered tigers had increased in the last five years. A new survey puts the number of tigers at 1,706, compared to just over 1,400 in 2006, so an increase of around 20%. It is still only an estimate, as it would have been impossible to count every single tiger. But photographic evidence does seem to show the numbers increasing. India is home to about half of the tigers around the world, and the majority of those live in huge reserves. But there are still a few hundred tigers that live in the wild. The number of tigers has declined a lot for many decades, partly due to the pressure on land from people, but mostly from illegal hunting, which is called poaching. So, although the future of the tiger still isn't secure, it does look just a little bit brighter. I'm Neil Chase, and that's it for this week. Read it back again on the Teen Time website, and I'll see you next Thursday evening for more. Teen Time presents podcast on demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.hk. Teen Time podcast on demand.